Hi, Helen Hong. Hi, Jay Keith. How are you? I'm okay, but I'm also very sad. And um, the reason that we're uh, here right now is to reintroduce this episode that we recorded back in 2018 with our pal Grant Imahara, uh, who very suddenly died uh, this week due to a brain aneurysm. And we're mm. just... Uh, we're very shocked and we're very sad, and we wanted to use this week to uh, remember someone who was so nice and smart and funny. And so vibrant, and what a yeah. sudden death, and, and with everything else going on in the world with the pandemic, it's just, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. But yeah, we really enjoyed um, having him on, and, and I didn't realize uh, until we recorded what a what a loyal, loyal fan base he has from Mythbusters and some of the other robotics work that he's done. Yeah, one of the things I was really uh, struck by was just how how joyous he was about his knowledge and, and about sharing it. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that we try to do with this show is to celebrate people's knowledge and celebrate, uh, you know, what they know and why they know it. And uh, it was fun that, you know, one of his other topics that we didn't do was, uh, <laughs> I believe, the uh, that, that uh, Dougie Fresh song. Um, <laughs> that's right no, that was there as well so we had some we had some fun with that too yeah um so i just want to note quickly that uh the maximum fun drive has started it started a few days ago we're going to be back next week with an all new episode that's going to feature some of your favorite max fun hosts and we'll give you the whole pitch about uh max fun drive if you do support us and want to continue to or want to uh, join in uh, supporting uh, our show and the maximum fun network you can do that at maximumfun.org slash join but um for right now, we just really want to um, give our respects and our gratitude once again to uh, Grant Imahara. Um, in addition to what you're hearing on this show, even after his appearance, he was super helpful to us when we needed to try to find an expert in something scientific or robotic that we didn't know about. He was always very quick to reply and do his best to help, and we certainly appreciate that. Um, and we also want to acknowledge that um, the reason that we know Grant is through our show's photographer, Christine Velada, uh, who was longtime friends with him. And we wanted to express our condolences to her and, of course, to Grant's uh, family and friends. And uh, we're just so grateful that we were able to uh, to get Grant on the show when, when um, we first started the show and we're making a list of people that, you know, we have some tertiary connection to that maybe we could try to get. Grant was definitely on that list. So it meant mm-hmm. a lot to us. Um, especially because this was kind of before a lot of people had heard about the show. Um, he just kind of took a chance on us based on uh, the concept of the show and based on our friendship with uh, Christine. I mean, I freaked out. As a, as a big science fiction fan, I freaked out when I learned that he was R2-D2, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, BB-8. It, it, he, he had his own right, BB-8 that he made, too. Right. So. And I was like, ah, freaking out. So um, I, I was really happy to bond with him over that. And, and it was very gracious of him to sort of um, introduce our little fledgling show at the time to his fan base. Um and share his passion and his knowledge. And he was just such a cool guy. And, you know, he he invited me to go, you know, meet BB-8 in his at his home workshop. And I never took him up on it. Aww. And it's something that I always regret now. Um, but because uh, I always thought I, I could do it another time, you know, that I would yeah. there would be more time to do it in the future. And this is one of the things that happens is, is people pass suddenly and, and then it's like, oh, damn, I should have, could have, would have, you know? Yeah. But um, but he was a really cool guy. And we also bonded over Star Trek. Absolutely, yeah. He uh, and, and I'll just I'll say one little behind the scenes thing. When he told us that uh, Star Trek was his topic, we just assumed that he meant the original series. And it turns out later that uh, he meant his favorite was actually Next Generation. And he just <laughs> rolled with it when we said, well, we're doing we're doing original series. And uh, he still did very well in the round. And, yeah. And couldn't, couldn't have been nicer and more gracious about yeah, it. Yeah, you know? it was very, very nice. Yeah. And he did have some very kind words to say about George Takei. Um, you know, being Asian American and, and, and he and I bonded over this being Asian American, you know, when we were growing up, we didn't see any faces that looked like ours on TV unless they were, you know, doing martial arts or overdubbed from a badly overdubbed from a, from an overseas film. Um, and so one of the beauties about Star Trek and one of the things that I personally am so passionate, you know, one of the reasons why I'm such a huge fan of Star Trek is because of the representation. It really does matter. You know, when I was a little kid and I think I, I said this to him during the show, like when I was a little kid, like I didn't see any Asian faces that weren't doing uh, martial arts or, or something like that unless they were on Star Trek because Star Trek exists in a universe where there is no racism you know, all the races are in harmony and, and not all Asian people have to have accents. And 
uh, you know, they can just be <laughs> people. I know I've talked to a lot of people who now see Grant as carrying on that tradition as that, you know, that, that it's cool to be smart, it, that you can be an Asian American and be silly and be funny. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, that was something that we definitely got to, to yeah. hear in Yeah, and, and be sciencey and nerdy, mm-hmm. and yet that sciencey and nerdy leads you on this amazing path yeah. to BB-8 and yes. R2-D2 and yeah. very cool robotics and Mythbusters and... Um, yeah, so so being science, so so being nerdy is cool, kids. There you go. Well, <laughs> Helen, and I are, Helen and I are both smiling as we say this, and and we hope you'll smile as you listen to this episode. And we remember Grant Imahara. Uh, he was joined on the show by Maria Bamford for some fun and games. So please uh, enjoy this episode. We'll be back again with a brand new episode next week as part of the Max Fun Drive. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, do take care of yourselves and each other, and wear a damn mask, will you? real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb and then smart again. I'm Helen Hong, and now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. What a lovely crowd. Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Helen, who is up first? She is a comedian who tours the country and starred in the Netflix show Lady Dynamite. It's Maria Bamford! Yay! Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the program, (laughs) J. Keith and Helen. So what? delighted Hi, Maria. to pontificate on any number of uh, three topics. Uh, I'm very good. Thank you. Excellent. That was the first question. You got it right. I just had a cup of cold brew, so um, coffee. I'm a yeah. coffee person. Yeah. I, I did not get any beer, and I apologize for that. That's all right. Well, you can you can come here and just do the... Sh- I mean, you're Maria Bamford. You can pretty much do whatever you want yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. This is where the fame pays off. <laughs> uh, Lady Diamond, it was such a great show on Netflix, and it was so obviously about you, but you did not create the show. No, I did not. Uh, it was created by Pam Brady and Mitch Hurwitz and a number of other creative minds, a, a, a writing staff of 12 people, and uh, for which I'm so grateful, because I am not a group person. <laughs> I would like to be alone, and then I would like to have the spotlight at occasional uh, uh-huh. times, right. amplified, lit. As we are today, yes, and uh, that, that's uh, that's my the part I enjoy. Now, what's the cutoff for you for a group? Because because right now we're only three people. We're going to be adding one or two more later. I just wanted to, to warn you now. Yeah, well, At what point does it become uncomfortable? How as, many people? As long as it's a like a podcast, perfect. Mm-hmm. It's structured communication. Right. I, see. Uh, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm given a job. If it's chit chat, mm-hmm. any kind of chit chat, I can't I can't handle it. I yeah. gotta. Uh, there's a sense that I, I got to get out. <laughs> <laughs> this is a common affliction amongst many stand-up comedians. I just had this conversation with another comic where we were like, oh, my God, God forbid we have to talk one-on-one to these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm way more comfortable talking in a theater with a, to a thousand people than, than actually have to, having to make eye contact. Yeah. yeah, my husband will notice when I'm starting to abort. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'll just go, come on, come on, stay with me. <laughs> we're, we're here at the neighbors. They just invited us. It's only been 15 minutes. You can do it. You can do it. He can see you. Yeah, like, just yeah. going. Pulling the... But he can, he can, but he can, <laughs> but he can make it right. He can, he can get you back engaged. Oh, yeah, he can get me back. Uh, and, and that, but sometimes I yeah. will have to abruptly uh, four hour now it's yeah. been yeah <laughs> it's oh gosh I have something to do um, I have to go read <laughs> now I don't know if you remember but you and I went out on one date I, I do remember that okay, high, good. Five. All high right. five yeah what do what? you remember about our date? We went along Third Street, uh, which was near, I think, your place. Yes, uh, and Beverly. Beverly, yeah, but yeah, Beverly. Okay, yeah. yeah. And it was very. F- we went to a very fancy furniture store, and I thought to myself, 
This guy is outclassing me. Well, I, I will point out that I was not there to buy her furniture. Yeah. This was a way to spend time for free. Oh. oh. Yes. Did not know that. Oh, Would have okay. been good to know yeah. at the time. No, this was not an outclassing uh, maneuver. No. This, this was, was like a chintzy tactic. <laughs> yeah, this was like, oh, this will kill some time. No, no. We had a very, we had a very nice time. I think we both we decided this, that we were not, we were yeah, not a romantic yes. match, and that's okay. But that's okay. I've gone on hundreds of dates like that in Los Angeles with lovely people. I've got to, I just want to promote the internet as a wonderful... <laughs> Way to meet lovely people right. um, at any time. I've, and that's how I met my husband. He was my 76th internet date. I was his first. What? What? Husband. Wow. Amazing track record. How did he hit the jackpot on his first date? That, well, that's what he, that's what he asked himself. Oh, every that, single day. <laughs> Wait, so you know you, you, 76 exactly? Like oh, you were counting no. Them? no, no, no. It just felt like 76. 76 oh. is like nothing. I mean, 70, I did 76 I'm, in a year before. Seriously, I had to, I'm yeah. like, I must be into the multi hundreds at this point. And <laughs> but the, the, the one thing we we definitely had in common where we're both like, neither of us had had relationships that had lasted very long. His record is three years, mine is one. And so both of us kind of after one month together, we're like, let's do this. (laughs) We can make it. We took all these courses. He was very willing. We went on a a premarital weekend in San Francisco. (laughs) So silly. And then... uh, But it worked. uh, Yes, it did. What what was your takeaway from the premarital weekend in San Francisco? Uh, Sometimes you're the losing couple. Uh, like we won, we won one round of something. Like they had a bunch of games. Oh, okay. It was a, comp- I was it was a like, competition. This blows. Yeah. Like I, it just felt unfair and kind of cruel. Like I can't remember. Oh, we didn't know each other's love languages. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I think my love language is complaining. Oh, yeah, it works out well. Oh. Uh, excellent. Well, we're certainly happy to have. Thank you, you for here. having me. Congratulations Thank you. on all your success, both yes. personal and professional. Thank you, Maria Bamford, ladies and gentlemen. Helen, against whom will Maria be competing tonight? He is an electronics and robotics expert who starred in Mythbusters, The White Rabbit Project, and can be seen on BattleBots. It's Grant Imahara. Grant Imahara! Grant! Hey, guys. Hi, Grant. How are you? Very well. Uh, Grant, uh, how did you get into robotics? It seems like something that everyone, uh, every young boy, I think, thinks about, and robots seem cool, but to actually go to, to making them. How did oh, that happen? It was Star Wars. It was, it was Star Wars. When okay. I was about seven years old, watched Star Wars in the theater, Man Chinese Theater in Hollywood, and that was what solidified a robot is, is a friend, is something that I want to make a part of my life. I and want to build my own friend. I, I want to build my friends, <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I had a similar childhood in that regard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you, you, were you more drawn to R2-D2 or...? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I think from the beginning it was, it was R2 and 3PO, and in particular R2-D2. R2 and, is just, yeah. And so, him. yeah, getting to work on R2-D2 in my professional life was like, a dream come true. Wow. And what was that like? That was in which movie was that in? Uh, that was Star Wars Episode One, the prequels. Ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh boy. I, I was not responsible for Jar Jar. No. So there's that. <laughs> That's no the second one, consecutive no show one, where somebody has mentioned that. Yeah. No one ever wants to take any responsibility for Jar. I just want to. <laughs> I'll like, take it on. I'll take it on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maria Bamford, <laughs> codependent Jar Jar. no more, eh? That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Grant, now, what was it like to, to work on R2-D2? What actually did, did you do when you were working on him on the movie? So I was working in the ILM model shop, and my specialty was animatronics, so uh, making things move and appear like they're alive. And so R2 hadn't been revamped for a number of years, since, since the early 80s. You, you mean the actual physical robot yeah, of him? The ones, yeah, the ones used uh, the for filming. Yeah. And so uh, my job was to take them and bring them into the current technology. Mm. And between the, the early 80s and now, and, and when we made the prequels, it was a quantum leap in technology. And right. so instead of running over people's feet or bumping into them, which there was still a little bit of that, but it, it got a lot more precise. Very cool. And how many robots do you yourself have? Oh, God, it's hard to... <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got a battle bot named Deadblow. Oh I've got God. several. I, I made a BB-8, so... Can I please wait, come wait, wait, to your house? You made BB-8? I made a BB-8. Oh, you made BB-8. Okay. Yes. 
So uh, when I was working on Mythbusters was when they made Force Awakens, and they had a whole different crew, and so I was out of that world, and they made this incredible robot called BB-8 that I thought, oh, as a special effects professional, clearly that was computer graphic. And, and Mark Hamill came out and said, no, it was an actual practical robot on set. And I said, no, he, he must have been mistaken. <laughs> and so during Star Wars Celebration, they actually brought out a rolling BB-8 on stage. What? And I, it blew my mind. And I thought, I must use my, my given talents <laughs> to make one of my own. And my jealousy. And my yes. <laughs> Fueled by jealousy. And Wait, so you have a BB-8 in your house right now? I made my, it's actually in my shop. Can I come to your shop right now? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's in Glendale there. So you yeah, can, and what do you use your robots for that you have in your home and shop? Fun and enjoyment. All right, we'll, we'll keep that up. <laughs> to bring me joy. Excellent. Now, uh, oh, you, you mentioned... A very personal question, JP. Oh, right. <laughs> I know what you use your Well, for. some of them fight. I mean, yeah. some of them right. perform, oh. so yeah. there's uh, charity events that, that you can do, so there's, there's things that you can do with your robots. Cool. Now, uh, we mentioned Mythbusters. Uh, that was such a great show, and you, and you were so great on it. Uh, was there, uh, what was the biggest surprise you had of a myth that either was confirmed that you weren't expecting or that was busted that you weren't expecting? Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a myth that we were doing called uh, Red Flag to a Bull, and it's about bulls seeing red and the Toreador having the red flag, and it makes them upset, mm -hmm. and they chase him. We had a side myth for that. We had bulls there. We thought, let's do Bull in a China Shop. It's, it's a saying that everybody knows. <laughs> right. It'll be easy. We'll, we'll set up this, you know, <laughs> fake shelves and plates from the dime store. Yeah. It'll be easy. We'll have a laugh, and the what bull would destroy it. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? And so we set this whole thing up. We had these very large, like hundreds of pounds, very angry rodeo bulls. Set them loose, and we are prepared for destruction. The bull didn't knock over a single dish. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> so we thought, okay, maybe, maybe we got, you know, a bad bull. Sure. Maybe we got a particularly, you know, nimble bull. Let's try another one. So we sent a different bull in. Same result. What? Okay, now it's getting weird. So we're like, okay, let's, let's send multiple bulls in. Two bulls. Surely two bulls will cause one dish to fall. No. Three bulls. Four bulls. One dish fell over. We broke more dishes actually buying them at the store. So, so the 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 leg, uh, the, uh, the phrase really should be like a Grant Imahara in a China shop. Yeah, because really it just uh, I, I maybe the the uh, the dishes had some kind of calming effect on them. I, yeah. I have no idea, but it it doesn't work for whatever reason. Excellent. Well, we're certainly happy to have Grant Imahara with us tonight. Thank, Thank you. Grant. you. Thanks. All right, Grant and Maria, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have expertise. Maria, you said you know a lot about 12-step programs, <laughs> self-help, yes. and pug aging. Yes. Tell us a little bit about each of those. You said you know a lot about 12-step uh, uh, programs Well, 12-step programs, uh, Los Angeles is the kingdom of all 12-step programs. There are more 12-step programs here uh, than anywhere else in the world. And as part of the reason I moved here, because uh, I love... I love 12 step. I can't, the weird thing, it's totally a cult, uh, in that they have this one weird rule that you can't say which ones you belong in because it's anonymity, it's a rule of anonymity. The logic being, uh, I, I would have joined, but you know, I saw her smoking as 17 stogies the other night, and, you know, and it doesn't work. Or uh, Yeah, and so to which I want to say to all 12-step program people, uh, nobody wants to go, and nobody thinks that it works. Um, <laughs> but I do. I do. I, I, yeah, I just, I really, it's structured communication. Oh, um, it's, I, I'm an atheist, but I do believe in uh, behavior modification and uh, cognitive behavioral uh, change, and so I'm, uh, I'm down. I'm down, and it's free. <laughs> ah. uh, you also said you know a lot about self-help. Self-help <laughs> along the same lines. I yeah. yeah any uh, and I have friends who are into certain things that I'm not into. Uh, so I've I've heard an enormous amount about ayahuasca and Marianne oh. Williamson and love her channeling. Who's the my my aunt went to this guy Lazarus. 
Um, but yeah. But whatever works for people. But, oh, what, oh my yeah, gosh, great. if it works. Absolutely. And then finally, you said you know a lot about pug aging. Pug aging. I've we've had together. My husband and I, I think believe well five five pugs in our four years <laughs> together because <laughs> we take the older pugs uh, and because uh, I like them slow. I like them slow. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Slow and wheezy. Yeah, yeah. slow and wheezy. I am, <laughs> I am very uh, yeah, excited to meet them and yeah, they're just, they're so loving. So sure. loving and I know quite a bit in terms of Especially the financial commitment of pugs. <laughs> All right. It's and like now, uh, the property tax in uh, yeah. <laughs> Pasadena. That's what a, a monthly pug costs. Terrific. All right. Now, Grant, you had some very similar topics. You said you know a lot about <laughs> Star Trek. Yes. Uh, also, you said you know a lot about X-Men comics. Yep. And finally, you know a lot about Lottie Dottie by Dougie Fresh. That's true. Stop it. Tell us a little bit about each of those. So first, uh, you said you know a lot about Star Trek. Star Trek, you know, I think that... Uh, Growing up as uh, an Asian American kid, watching TV, it was I, I was struck with watching Star Trek in particular in reruns because it was one of the few shows where a guy just like me was not a thug or a gangster or a bad guy. He was actually part of the main crew, mm. and he's a hero, and he drives the ship. And so this character, Sula, I was like, wow, that is a guy like me on TV. I really like this. Great. And then you also said you know a lot about the X-Men comics. Oh, yeah. So uh, growing up as a kid in the 80s, it was, uh, I I picked up an X-Men comic, and it was Wolverine. I was like, ah, this is a great character. And it was uh, during the uh, Chris Claremont, John Byrne era. And so I collected, I went back from there and went through and, and I actually went back and got X-Men number two all the way to the beginning. It wasn't in great condition, but, uh, and, and I had giant size X-Men number one, which is the first appearance of all these great characters, Wolverine, Colossus, Nightcrawler, a lot of the ones that we know now as part of the, the so genre. Are you, so you, are you a big Comic-Con person? I, I go to Comic-Con every year, except for last year I missed. Do you dress up? I don't dress as characters, but I have uniforms. Okay. So I have uh, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. I have a <gasps> Khan-era Monster Maroon. <gasps> I have a Battlestar Galactica Viper suit, which I paid a guy <gasps> in Ohio to custom make for me. Wow. Oh, my God. I have a lady boner. Yeah. <laughs> it is awesome. It's a happiness maker. Yes. It really is. Uh, and finally, you said you know a lot about Lottie Dottie by Dougie Fresh. Lottie Dottie, Lottie Dottie by Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew was... One of these things is not like the other. I, I don't know. You know, as a kid, I grew up here in L.A., and there was really a lot... There was a lot of incredible music, and I somehow gravitated to rap music, but, like, I'm talking old school. So this is Houdini, UTFO, Dougie Fresh, and the Get Fresh Crew. And Lottie Dottie was the B-side of their main hit, which was um, the show. And Dougie Fresh, I know, the history of rap here, Dougie Fresh was the first beatboxer. And so it was just a sound that we'd never heard before. And I don't know why it resonated in my mind, but... I do. The lyrics to that song. Because you like Tapati. Tapati? Yeah. Isn't that that the song? You like Tapati? Tapati. Oh, Lottie Dottie, we like Tapati. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I I had a heart attack for a second that I had the wrong song. Tapati. I didn't mean go to the potty. Yes. I didn't mean like uh, potty train. No, I'm with you now. All right, great. Later on, we'll ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of these topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person does have a chance to steal. Your subjects today, bring in the heat. Up first, Maria. No. Maria, hello. Yes. They both are hot things made in a volcano. But what is the difference between lava and magma? Okay, uh, magma is, it's closer to rock, mm-hmm. and then lava is m- more w- water. More water. <laughs> you want to stick with that? Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> you are nothing if not committed. All right, we do have Maria's answer. We don't know yet if she is correct. Grant, what do you think? You think she got it right? Um, I, I, I don't think so. I don't, I'm not sure if I have the right answer, okay. but I have a guess. Why don't you give it a try? My guess is that magma is under the Earth's surface, mm-hmm. and lava is what comes out of the volcano. Oh, okay. right on. A couple people in the audience agree with you. And uh, do you agree with the watery element of it, though? <laughs> there, There is. I, I agree with it in the sense that it's, it's more liquid and lava flows. Mm. I can see that reasoning. All right. Well, this segment is no longer flowing, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Magma is molten rock that's still trapped underground. Lava is what happens if this molten rock makes it to the surface. That's right. It's all about location, location, location. <laughs> what does that mean as far as our points go, Helen? I think Grant Imahara got both of those points. I think he did as well. Two sure points did. for Grant. Thank you. Good one. Good one. Nice work. A cordial high five between yes, our contestants. Of always nice to oh see that. Uh, all right. Up next in bringing the heat is Grant. Grant, they both heat your food in an oven, but what is the difference between baking and roasting? Baking and roasting. Baking and roasting. I believe we have left your wheelhouse. (laughs) We have. Uh, Well, okay, so I feel like um, baking is a more passive process where the food is heated Mm -hmm. in in the oven. Sure. um, By the ambient temperature. Uh, roasting is a more active process where the, to hear this. the food is heated by, by flame actively. Oh, by flame. Uh, by flame, oh. yes. All right, so passive. Uh, just a, a yes, it's the Burger King analogy. And roasting yes. by a flame. All right, uh, we have Grant's answer. We don't know yet if he's right. Maria, what do you think? I think it's a difference in temperature, so I think it's just uh, roasting is, is hotter. Roasting is hotter than baking. Yes. All right, well, this segment is getting cold, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Although typically roasting occurs at higher temperature, you can roast and bake at the same temperature. And in fact, most ovens that have a roast or bake setting do exactly the same thing. So the difference is that you roast firm, structured things to make them softer and less structured, like a leg of lamb or a carrot. You bake soft, unstructured things to make them firmer and more structured, like cake batter or bread dough. In olden times, it used to be even more distinct. Roasting was done over a fire, and baking was done in an oven. That's right. And now you cannot go by the names of foods because those can be misleading. For instance, a baked Alaska is broiled, (laughs) and in a clam bake, the clams are steamed and also sandy. But as a rule of thumb, if you can get it at a bakery, it is baked, as are some of you. Am I right? Uh, what does that mean as far as our right. points, Helen Hong? I guess neither got any points. Oh, that's correct. Oh. I'm sorry, but what does that mean? Oh. <sighs> it's wow. A, well, it's okay. It's I agree okay, it's okay. I don't know why people are so it's down. It's the journey that we're yeah. after. That was yeah, journey. exactly. Yeah. But did we learn something? Yeah, so what have we, we lost? No, we've gained knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why we love Maria. Maria gets it. I don't know what you're doing in these programs, but it is working, Maria. (laughs) What is our score at the end of that first round, Helen? After the first round, Maria Bamford has zero points, and Grant Imahara has two points. Those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne, and justice is within your reach. My mom refuses to take my phone calls. My boyfriend says I should take our cats with me to graduate school, but I think he should keep them. In the court of Judge John Hodgman, justice rules. My partner's board game collection is out of control. My sister won't stop stealing my clothes. I'm Judge John Hodgman. I'm tough, but fair. fair. I'll bring you justice, and I'm only a click away. Tipping. Automotive etiquette. Siblings. Roommates. If you've got a case, go to MaximumFun.org slash J-J-H-O. Judge John Hodgman is tough but, fair. tough but fair. Subscribe to the podcast today. Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Do you like trivia? Rocket Ship One, this is Mission Control. Come in. This is Rocket Ship One. Go ahead. Rocket Ship, what's your status on Max Fun Drive? Shouldn't we have seen it by now? Sorry about that, Mission Control. Turns out I miscalculated. Current projected ETA for Max Fun Drive is July 13. 
but it looks different. It'll be for four weeks, so it's longer than expected, but all readings point to low-key. Oh, that'll be good. But can you verify that there are still special gifts for new and upgrading monthly members? Verified. Sweet gifts for new and upgrading members, plus amazing new episodes and even special weekly live streams for charity. Copy that. Rocket ship, can you confirm ETA for Max Fun Drive? 90% probability of Max Fun Drive from July 13 to August 7. Did you say 90%? There were a couple of decibel noises and I might have carried a zero wrong. I'm just going to pencil in July 13 to August 7. Mission control out. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Maria Bamford with zero points and Grant Imahara with two points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen Hong. Thanks, everybody. Maria, my friend, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about 12-step programs, yes. self-help, yes. and pug aging. Yes. Today we want to talk to you about pug aging. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, the crowd approves. She is clapping with joy and smiling as well. Why do you love pugs so much? Well, uh, again, uh, they are portable. Uh, they're an easy 20-pound, like a turkey-size type situation. Also, I have never been a person who would be able to care for a child. So it's, for, it's the size of an infant, but with a lot less of the needs, obviously. And they are extremely affectionate. Most, mm-hmm. most pugs uh, really would like to be near you, uh, if not inside of you uh, on some level. Um, or or there have been pugs who, when their owners passed on and the body wasn't found, have eaten their owners. And what a way to go. Yes. <laughs> and I should point out, you are wearing a uh, what appears to be a pug wristband uh, on your pug wrist. Cuff. A pug cuff. Uh, yes. Handmade by somebody for me from, uh, from Minnesota. So, All right. it's very so you, you definitely come by it honestly. Yeah. When did you get your first pug? Uh, I believe it was 35. That seems to be... About the right time to get a pug. It was about the same time uh, that I uh, st- stopped doing the crazy uh, one-night stand behavior I was doing. Uh, was that she I pointed at me when she was no no I don't... <laughs> weird weird feel yeah. a little judged wow guys. wow no 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 I was oh but pu- yeah it was I I got a a dog and I did a dog calculator on the internet where they ask you questions about your lifestyle and your personality and what you like oh, and cool. you know and. And pug was the answer. Now, now the category specifically is pug aging. Uh, What kind of things have you had to do for an aging pug over the years? Well, mostly it's eye medication. uh, And then a lot of times when they get older, their esophagus can collapse. uh, And... uh, yeah, they just have can have problems. We've it's never had a, problems, right? I mean, I imagine you've had a lot of happy moments with an older. Oh pug. my gosh, yes! <laughs> uh, what does an older pug provide that a younger pug? Maybe an does older not? pug will lie with you face to face, and th- th- their little faces are you know sleep, and then but you get to put your face right in their face, and it doesn't. They don't mind, and you can just lie with them, smelling their face, <laughs> while. I mean, they're not bothered by it. And that seems to be something I need. <laughs> and they, they snore, don't they? They snore, also very precious. I don't mind uh, the farting. The farting is also... Uh, it just... And I think it also reminds me of uh, the, the, the... That we're all going to die at some point. And, um, Which is what you want from a pet. Yeah, yes. you really do. <laughs> um, then how do I want to be cared for when I'm okay. elderly? Oh. I don't want to be... I want to be carried around. Uh, I want my nails to be clipped regularly. Uh, I want fish heads with the head on Ooh. so I can see the eyes. <laughs> so I still am having fun. I'm having fun. <laughs> well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in pug aging to test your mastery in the subject with our expert-level question worth up to three points. But before <sighs> that... To let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Okay. Now, Grant, listen closely, because if Maria answers incorrectly and you know the correct answer, you can steal. By the way, Grant, how much do you know about pug aging? I have a cat. All right. <laughs> there you go. But it might be helpful. Maybe. Well, Maria, I think you're going to do quite well on this subject. Here we go with your first question about pug aging. Okay. Because of the unique shape of the pug's skull, what bulging organs are particularly vulnerable to injury and disease? Eyeballs. Helen? That is correct. That is correct, of course. 
Come on. Number two, as you mentioned, Maria, a good pug owner keeps her dog's nails trimmed. Yes. How does that routine change for an older pug? Oh, th- gosh, that's a great question. Thank uh, you. Because I'd, I'm not clear about that. Okay. I, you I mean, I know hint, you, you... You do have a hint available if you'd like oh, to use it. Oh, I would it. love a hint. Helen, how about that hint? Nah, I'm good just sitting here. Uh, uh, nah, I'm just good sitting here. Oh, man. Oh, that's right. They grow more because they don't walk as much. So they grow longer and you have to cut them more often. Yes. Helen? That is correct. That is exactly oh. right. <laughs> you have to do it more frequently because they are less active. Yes. They're not running around as much, so their nails don't wear down naturally. Yes, yes. Very good. You were two for two. Here's <laughs> I haven't question. had many young, I haven't had a young pug, so I don't <laughs> okay. know You don't know what to yeah. compare it to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. okay. Uh, excellent use of the hints. Here's question number three. According to the American Kennel Club, what is the average age that a pug is expected to live? Fifteen. Helen? That is correct. That's right. Wow. The... Uh, they actually give a range of 13 to 15 years, but that is in that range. We'll give that to Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, you're three for three. Here's question number four. As we also mentioned, pugs tend to snore. And while that might be cute when they are young, breathing problems can become much more serious as your pug ages and lead to an airway obstruction syndrome named for its shortened head. What is the term for that cute little flat-faced head? Uh, I thought brachiocephalic. Helen? That is correct. Yeah, we'll give it to you. Nice. Brachiocephalic or brachiocephalic. Okay, yes, great. I think you got it. You, wow. got, you got it. You got it right. Thank you. <laughs> I've never seen you this happy. <laughs> Certainly not true. on our date. Yeah. Uh, and here's question number five. This is a this is a harder one. Let's see how you do. A brain disorder that strikes only pugs is known as PDE. If your pug makes it to its senior years, that's excellent news because it has avoided PDE. What does PDE stand for? P-D... You do have a second hint available if you'd yes. like Yes. Helen, how about that second hint? The P and the D are the easy parts, and the D stands for dog. Uh, pug dog. <laughs> pug, uh, pug dog. <laughs> <laughs> pug doggy, pug doggy. Uh, I, I'm going to pass. I don't know. I don't okay, know. Okay, just give it a guess. I think you're on the right track. Okay, p- pug dog encephalophy, encephalophic, encephalophy. Helen, is it pug dog encephalophy? It's close. It's close, but no, not quite. I'm sorry. Grant with a chance to steal. Oh my goodness. Uh. And I, I know I, yeah, I, I like know the root of that word and it's it feels so close but I can't bring to mind and uh, something to do with the brain um, cephalic <laughs> Maria's still working on it even though her opportunity has passed Time. we appreciate sorry it. I, no. I, I cannot I don't have a guess no guess from Grant Helen uh, the correct answer is pug dog encephalitis you were very oh, close yes. encephalitis yes. encephalitis yes one of the only times you'll hear applause yes. for pug dog encephalitis oh. Here on Go Factor. Wow, that's All right. awesome. Maria, that, that, you got very close on that, but you did quite well in that round. But now here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. Okay. It is time for your cluster fact. Okay. <laughs> this question is so high-level, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The yes. answer is worth up to three points. Okay. Many pugs get arthritis when they're older. Yes. According to the health liaison for the Pug Dog Club of America, Dr. Christine Dresser, what are the three main causes of pug arthritis? Which I think we can all agree, the cutest arthritis there is. Hip dysplasia, mm-hmm. uh, spinal curvature, like mm-hmm. where they have a spine thing, and uh, what, other, what else gets uh, arthritis? Oh, their little feet. <laughs> <laughs> their little feet, with their little feet get her. Yeah. I'm gonna say foot arthritis. And foot, and, and foot things. And foot stuff. Foot stuff. They get corns. (laughs) No, I I don't know. They get corns and it leads to arthritis. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's science, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Helen is taking note of your answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have? (gasps) Here with us tonight via phone from her clinic in Richfield, Ohio, the health liaison for the Pug Dog Club of America, pug breeder and veterinarian, Dr. Christine Dresser. Dr. Christine Christine Dresser. Dresser. Oh, what? Dr. Dresser, are you there? 
Yes, I am. Hi. Excellent. So nice to talk with you this evening. Thank you. Now, Helen mentioned that you're the official health liaison for the Pug Dog Club of America. Tell us about what that club is and what you do as the health liaison. Uh, the Pug Club has been around for a, a lot of years, and about 23 years ago, they decided to improve. One of the ways we could improve the health and longevity of the breed was to uh, d- get together and have a health group. We did the research to come up with the genetic markers for uh, pug dog encephalitis, which is such a bad disease for us. Most of them are breeders, a lot of them exhibitors, some of them work performance such as obedience and agility, but the thing we have in common with Maria for sure is that we are all pug lovers. (laughs) Indeed, yes. How did you get into pugs yourself? Um, My mom and I started showing dogs in 64 and we had some other breeds and bigger breeds and uh, I got my first pug in 1980 and never looked back. And um, Maria and all your, your pugs coming and going, have you ever had a black one? Uh, yes, we have a black pug right now. Her name is Betty Carmichael. Um, and no yeah, middle name? Uh, not, not as of yet, but okay. that's not a bad idea. Yeah. And um, She's about uh, 15. She, we got her with her... Uh, uh, she had a partner who she was uh, bonded to from the Pug Nation Pug Rescue here in Los Angeles. My partner and I specialize in blacks. We're on our 15th generation of black champions. Oh, wow. Are black pugs unusual? Yeah, some of the judges can't seem to find them easily, but um, they are absolutely... Marie, do you think there's a difference between the colors? Gosh, I don't know. I, I haven't noticed, but I, I, I know that Betty is a champion. <laughs> <laughs> I, find that, I find the black ones just especially charming. Uh, the ones oh. are great, but there's just nothing like a black one. Oh, How many that's... pugs do you currently have in your uh, household, Dr. Dresser? Um, I have 12... Adults, and then I have a litter. It's just actually one puppy, a little boy. He's um, 15 days old. Oh, my goodness. And I think the follow-up question, when can Maria visit? Oh, yes. (laughs) Anytime. Anytime. Oh, that's very kind of you. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, Now, you've written a lot about pugs, and one of the things I found interesting, you actually have been in a few commercials with some of your pugs. Yes. Back in the 90s, I did uh, some commercials for Pedigree Little Champions, yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> we had a good time. And uh, how do the pugs behave on camera? Would you recommend them as a good breed for casting? Yeah, actually, and I have done some pretty fancy obedience work with my dogs, and at one point I told them if they would crimp down the little champion's can small enough at the back that my dog could hold it. So I um, trained him real quick to hold the can, and he was walking around with a can in his mouth, so the commercials <laughs> are kind of fun. <laughs> That's adorable. Is there anything pugs do that is not adorable other than the obvious? Uh, they shed like buffaloes. Oh, yeah, oh, shed. They shed, they shed a lot. They do oh, shed a lot, they yeah. They do shed a lot. And oh, mercy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here tonight as far as our game goes. You heard the question that we asked Maria. We wanted to know, according to somebody named Dr. Christine Dresser, who's the health liaison for the Pug Dog Club of America, what are the three main causes of pug arthritis? Helen, let's remind everyone of the first answer that Maria gave. Maria said hip dysplasia. Dr. Dresser? Absolutely number one. That's right. That's one point for Maria. Good job. Uh, Helen, what was the second answer that Maria gave? Maria said spinal curvature. Dr. Dresser? I know where she's going with that. It doesn't tend to be so much arthritis as more of an impingement upon the spinal cord. Um, My number two, do you want my number two one Yes, let's get the number two that you had. (laughs) I have obesity. Obesity. Maria, have have you dealt with obese pugs? Well, I had one pug who I walked around in L.A. with, and she, she had, before I got her, she had just had puppies, and so she had her teats kind of dangling a little bit. <laughs> and I had a, a, somebody stop me and say, you know, you can get those taken care of. No! <laughs> When. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Wow, Beverly Hills. Uh, and then finally, Helen, what was the third answer that Maria gave as a main cause of pug arthritis? Maria said foot stuff or corns. <laughs> I don't know. Dr. Dresser. I'm so it. sorry, Dr. Yeah, Dresser. No, uh, actually, the third one I would have is inactivity, and it's the same. Um, oh, it goes hand in hand with the obesity. When they don't get up and move around at all, they tend to get quite stiff. Same as uh, people with arthritis. They used to say sit in a chair. Now they say get up and move. So I try to keep my elderly dogs. Uh, not, nothing crazy. We don't go on marathon runs, but uh, keep them up and moving and active. And Dr. Dresser, if people want to learn more about your work or about the Pug Dog Club of America, where can they go? I uh, go to the website, just look up Pug Dog Club, and uh, a lot of information on there about our specialties and our events and the research we do and uh, our educational information. 
Excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Thank Dr. Christine so Dresser, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, Thank Helen, you. let's get a score recap at the end of that round. At the end of that round, Maria Bamford has five points, and Grant Imahara has two points with a round of questions coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Grant about a subject he knows a lot about. Plus, later, Grant and Maria will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Co-Fact Yourself. All right, Adam, uh, Maximum Fun wants us to record like a promo to tell people that they should listen to The Greatest Generation. You want to do that? No, I am tired of all the extra work. I just wanted to talk about Star Trek with my friend. I, I think it, it would be good to like try and get some new listeners by appealing to the audiences of other shows. Like this, this will only take a minute or two. It could be good for us. We sit down for an hour every week and talk about a Star Trek episode and make a bunch of idiotic fart jokes about it. It's embarrassing. If it got out that we made this show, I think it would make us unemployable. Adam... I have bad news for you. We have tens of thousands of listeners at MaximumFun.org. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to throw up. The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. Every Monday on MaximumFun.org. I'm really going to be sick. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Maria Bamford with five points and Grant Imahara with two points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Grant Imahara, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Star Trek, X-Men comics, and Lottie Dottie by Dougie Fresh. <laughs> Today we're going to ask you about Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> Love it. We're going to focus today on the original series. So uh, tell us again how you got into it and what you like so much about it. So, you know, uh, when I first started watching the original series, it was all in reruns. It was uh, sitting on the floor in the living room at my grandparents' house on summer and stumbling across this thing on TV that was combining all these great themes. Uh, They were in space. They were doing cool stuff. But there was also, as a kid, I didn't realize the social aspect Mm. of it. I was just watching the cool stories. But now, in retrospect, I look back and think, oh, wow, that's... They were doing something pretty amazing in the 60s, and they had a diverse cast, which you didn't really see a lot. So uh, compelling stories and, and a, a really incredible setting. Did it inspire your field of work as you went into science? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it was science and science fiction. Mm. And when we look at Star Trek, things that Star Trek has inspired in real science... It's, you know, uh, iPads and communicators, the, the Motorola flip phone. Mm. These are all things that Star Trek invented that influenced uh, modern day technology. You were talking about um, George Takei being really inspiring for you. Yeah. Did you, was that the first Asian character you saw on TV at the time? Oh, well, there were other Asian characters, but they weren't main characters. Mm. They weren't part of the crew. Sulu was the first one. Mm. And, you know, full disclosure, I have to say that I appeared as Sulu in a web series, in a We're Star Trek web that. series. Yes, tell us about that. Uh, called Star Trek Continues. And so I, I don't think that this counts against me being an expert. I mean, I, I, I am a fan of the series, and, you know, it's, it's something that, that was a really proud moment for me to to be able to take this character that I grew up with that inspired me and portray it portray him in the same setting. What well, what was the web series? It's called Star Trek Continues and it picks up right at the end to complete the the original 5-year mission. Oh wow. And so we have our own enterprise set and I'm sitting I remember the first day of filming I am in my Sulu costume. <laughs> And I, and I had to, by the way, had to decide whether I would try and do the voice, which is so iconic to this character. Mm-hmm. And really, I think part of that performance, and so I'm like, well, <laughs> should I? And I'm practicing. I'm practicing going deeper and deeper <laughs> and deeper and until I get to, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> which is the scientific term for maximum depth. That's right. Yeah, and, and so I sat at my console on the first day, and I said, I should, I should just tweet George to say thank you for inspiring me. And so, and so I did. And not five minutes later, he tweeted back and said, uh, Grant, thanks so much for continuing to inspire future generations with your work in Mythbusters. Wow. And I, I saved it. I actually still have 
a screen cap of that tweet on my phone right now. Oh, yeah. I don't blame you. That's yeah. a very special moment. Representation yeah. matters, it turns yeah. out. Absolutely. Especially yeah. him, because he was hot. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. a hot Asian yes. babe. Absolutely. Mm. Shirtless. Helen, I have some bad news for you about George Takei and you. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Star Trek to test your mastery in the subject with our expert-level question worth up to three points. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are your five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. Again, if you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints for any of these five questions. Now, Maria, listen closely, because if Grant gets any of them wrong, you can steal. How much, by the way, do you know about the original Star Trek? Well, I actually played a Star Trek character in a touring show for the Paramount Parks uh, theme, uh, theme parks, uh, back what? in the early 90s. So, But it was for the Deep Space Nine franchise. Oh. Oh. I was a Bajoran... Otherwise, I don't know anything. Right. Oh. So you had the uh, you had, you had the, the Bajoran ring. makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have the ear thing? I had the ear thing. Oh, oh yeah. Tight space costume. Mm-hmm. Extra breasts because that's a part of our culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just try walking your pug down in the street in Beverly Hill. And you'll yeah. find that out. Uh, all right, terrific. Here we go with question number one. I have a feeling you're going to get this straight off. Number one, Grant. Although the original Star Trek series lasted only three seasons, how long was the mission of the Enterprise? That was a five-year mission. Helen. That is that correct. That is correct, of yes. course. Yeah, yeah. Here we go, number two. What Greek god does the valiant crew of the Enterprise encounter? Uh, that would be Apollo. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Wow. <laughs> the episode was called Who Mourns for Adonisus? Adonais. Who wants Adonais, yeah. Me? That was, yeah, Adonais. And that was the first episode of, or one of the episodes of Star Trek Continues. We actually got the original actor who played Apollo, what? Uh, what? Michael Forrest, to reprise his role. <gasps> so, wow. yeah, that was really cool. All right. Uh, here we go. By the way, I've never seen an episode of Star Trek. Oh. What? Number wow. three. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quitting. That's all right. Number three. The original Star Trek series was nominated for 13 Emmys, but never won a single one. In fact, who was the only actor to even be nominated for his work on the show? For his work on the show. I, I was going to say DeForest Kelly, because he had a pretty big career. After, ah. You do have a hint available if you'd like to use it. I'll take it. the hint. I don't know how helpful it'll be, but Helen, how about that hint? He was nominated three times, once for each season the show was on the air. Hmm... All right, Leonard Nimoy is my guess. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. A good guess. (laughs) You are three for three. Here's question number four. On the episode The Way to Eden, the crew confronts perhaps the most frightening thing in the universe, space hippies. The worst. Yes. The space hippie Adam exclaims in response to a successful medical exam aboard the Enterprise two lines that rhyme. The first is, gonna crack my knuckles and jump for joy. What is the second rhyming line? I know the episode you're talking about because it is an iconic one. I have not seen it in a very long time. Would you like to uh, have your second hint? So I have, uh, I will take the second hint, Helen, yes. how about that second hint? He mentions the doctor's name. Okay, give it to me again. The first line is, going to crack my knuckles and jump for joy. Something, something, McCoy. Okay. <laughs> uh, going to crack. What space hippie say? <laughs> once I get the okay from McCoy. Helen, is it once I get the okay from McCoy? It is not. No, I'm oh, sorry. Yes, Maria with a chance to steal. Okay. Uh, uh, it's after medical exam. It's hippie. Going to crack my knuckles and jump for joy. Mm-hmm. Ease on down the road with... Uh, Dr. McCoy? Is it ease on down the road with Dr. McCoy? It is not. No, that was the as that much, was a production of the whiz that they did. As much as I would have loved that. No, the actual not. answer, you guys were close. It was uh, I got a clean bill of health from uh, Dr. McCoy. Yes. Clean bill of health oh. from Dr. McCoy. I think some of our audience. Now that you that. say that, it did rings a bell that? in yeah. my mind. Oh, somebody did. Clean oh. bill of health. Clean bill of health from Dr. McCoy. All okay. right, let's see if we can bounce that back with this. That was a hard one. That was very difficult, but maybe Oof. not as difficult as number five. Oh. There were two Star Trek characters who were women who turned into cats, or perhaps they were cats who turned oh. into women. Name one of them. Uh, I remember the episode because there was a, a little uh, miniature, like a charm of the Enterprise that they dangled over a flame. Mm. And if only we had asked you that. I can't remember. I, I can see in my mind 
the names for the actual cats or the names of the actors who played the cats? We want the name of the cats. The oh, the name of the cats. Oh, the name okay. of the cats. That will change Maria's strategy when she's ready to <laughs> steal. Right. Um, Cat name. Felicia. Was it Felicia? It was not Felicia. No, bye Felicia, but hello Maria. <laughs> you have a chance to steal. Uh, okay. It was uh, Kitty. Uh, uh, well, would it I don't know, maybe this would be too on the nose, but uh, a kitty named Kitty? Was it a kitty named Kitty? It was not a kitty no, named Kitty. No, but that kitty. is the oh. most adorable thing I've ever Thank heard. You. No, uh, there was one from the episode Assignment Earth named Isis, and another one from Cat's Paw named Sylvia. Sylvia. Sylvia, yeah, that Cat's was Paw, that was yeah. the, that was Sylvia the one. Sylvia the Cat. Yeah. Sylvia the Cat. All right, uh, <laughs> you got a little struggle at the end there, but you did quite well in that round. And now here's your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It's time for your cluster fact. Thank you. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The correct answer is worth up to three points. The Enterprise, of course, was a Constitution-class starship, but she wasn't the only ship in that class. For up to three points, name three other Constitution-class starships that were seen or whose names were mentioned on Star Trek. Okay, Constitution-class Yorktown. Let's see. Completely blanking here. Uh, Okay, Yorktown, Defiant... Um, Yorktown, Yorktown, Defiant. I think uh, Reliant was a different class. Okay, those are the only three I can remember. Yorktown, Defiant, and Reliant. All right, Helen is taking notes of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is a digital effects artist and a notorious Star Trek fan who appeared in the documentaries Trekkies and Trekkies 2. It's Gabriel Kerner. Gabriel Kerner, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh, they're hugging. They like each other. He's and he's in uniform. uniform. Let's do this. Let's do this. Is this working? Is, oh, hey. Yeah, sit down there. Put him right I up, crack right. my knuckles and jump for joy. Got to clean by the hell from Dr. McCoy. That is how the line was said. We should have saved that one for you. Wow. Right. You are wearing right. half of your uniform. Tell us about the uniform that you're wearing there, Gabriel. Uh, that is the, this is an Anavos tribute to the TNG male scant uniform. And if anyone's experienced uh, with ordering from Anavos... This actually arrived quickly, surprisingly. Anyways. I actually, I have, I have two uniforms from them. Uh, one's from Battlestar Galactica, and the other is a TNG one. Is it the Battlestar Galactica that I worked on? Yes. Oh, uh, I think it might be. We mentioned in your intro that you are a digital effects artist. Tell us about some of the things that you've worked on. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, so my only Emmy nomination where I lost to Lost... Uh, was for the Battlestar Galactica, the new version, for the episode 33, where they blow up that ship. And uh, that was, um, you know, something I shared with eight other people. Got to go to the Emmys, lots of fun. And, uh, you know, I worked on the first two seasons of the show, did other stuff. I did Serenity as well for nine months. What? Joss Whedon's first feature. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, goodness. You were talking Battlestar Galactica Are you a Serenity? brown coat? Are you one of those? I'm absolutely a brown coat as well. Oh, so. goodness gracious. Okay, so yeah, I, I um, remember Chiwetelia Ejiofor's character, the operative. I designed and built his ship. <laughs> um, the crybabies that come out of Serenity's cargo bay that was what? kind of a tribute to Empire Strikes Back where the, where the uh, Imperial sort of droids... Um, so... And then um, you also got to work on one of the Star Trek series. Yes, yeah, Star Trek Enterprise. I was there in the fourth season, the only one anyone likes. I had the TOS Defiant blow up one of the NX-class ships, <gasps> which was great. I blew that shucks up. Um, <laughs> I can understand your enthusiasm for that. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of knowing people, first of all, you said that you actually know Grant. You guys have met before. Well, Grant, uh, of course, he played the Sulu on the Star Trek Continues. Uh, we met through Vic Mignona, a uh, very well-reputed anime voice actor who, um, you know, just decided, like, hey, I want to do a continuation of the original Star Trek and make it look authentic, like it was yeah. never canceled in but season three. He lives, he lives and breathes Star Trek. He's not just a fan. He is a super fan. When Vic was growing up, he used to have a tape recorder that he would record audio from the shows off TV, and he would play it back as he was falling, to sleep, falling asleep every night. <laughs> oh. And so he can, as a result of this, he is also a musician. He can name, if you just play uh, a few notes, he can name not only the episode, but also everyone who was in that scene and... Um, 
the uh, the entire setting of, of what was happening. Wow. Wow. Gabriel, can you do that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all right, great, great, good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here tonight as far as our game goes. You heard the question that we asked Grant. We wanted him to name three of the other Constitution-class starships. Helen, let's remind everyone of the first answer that Grant gave. Grant said Yorktown. And uh, Gabriel? Not seen on screen. Um, may, well, maybe the ultimate computer. I'm not sure if Yorktown. I, I'm pretty sure the only actual screen used Yorktown was the station in Star Trek Beyond. Uh, so that is not a correct answer. In my opinion, no. No. All right. Well, let's go to the second answer that Grant gave us, Helen. Grant said defiant. Defiant. Yes. Tholian Webb, correct. That is correct. One point for <laughs> yeah. Grant. Tholian Webb was the name of the episode. Great. And then uh, finally, Helen, what was the third answer that Grant gave? Grant said reliant. And Gabriel? No. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. With nerdful no. delight, he says no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. What, is Reliance something in the Star Trek Well, you universe? know, I mean, in the Star Trek, they got the, star, they got the saucer ships with the nacelles up above the, sh- the things. Right. <laughs> and then the Reliant, that's a thing with the nacelles below the things. Oh, ah, okay. So, you know, that, okay. that's also the Rathicon and not no TOS, man. I panicked. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the actual Constitution-class starships, other than the Enterprise, we have the Constellation, the Defiant that you mentioned, Exeter, the Intrepid, then the Lexington, Potemkin, Hood, Excalibur as well. Those last ones are all from the Ultimate Computer. There you Correct. go. Correct. Yep. There all right. It is. And, and uh, do you have do you, is there anything you'd like to ask uh, Gabriel while he's here, Grant? No, it's just it's awesome to actually see you here. It's, I that's know, really right? cool. I mean, you know, yeah. usually we're with Chris Doolin and Rod and Vic and uh, yeah, God, Lisa and Tim and those are people that Michelle. Star Trek people know. Yeah, uh, Gabriel. People <laughs> want to find out more about you or your work. Where can they go? Well, I mean, October, a feature film called Escape Room comes out, uh, featuring one of the actresses from Lost in Space. First time director, but he was a writer on the um, uh, Paranormal Activity franchise, and I've been doing a lot of interesting CG shots for that. And also, I'm doing a few shots on Equalizer 2, to which uh, I asked my producer, there was an Equalizer 1? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's plugged into show business. He's our Star Trek expert, I know, Mr. Right? Gabriel Kerner. <laughs> Helen, how about a score recap as we go into it. our final round? At the end of that round, Maria Bamford has five points, and Grant Imahara has six points. <gasps> a very so close, close. Game. And now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Maria and alternate between each guest. We'll keep the discussion to a minimum. Each correct answer is worth one point. This will determine the winner. And again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Maria, apples are fat-free. True. Correct. Grant, apples are sodium-free. True. Correct. Maria, apples are a member of the Rose family. False. Incorrect. No, they are. Grant, there are no apples native to North America. False. Correct. That's right. Maria, crab apples are the only apples native to North America. True. Correct. That's right. Grant, the Honeycrisp apple is patented. True. Correct. Maria, Granny Smith apples originated in Australia. True. Correct. Grant, Granny Smith apples weren't sold in America until 1986. False. Correct. That's right, 1972. Maria, Granny Smith apples are named after a person named Granny Smith. False. Incorrect. No, and she really was there. Grant, the story of Granny Smith was made into a movie starring Olivia Newton-John. False. Correct. Unfortunately, that is false, but wouldn't we like to see that? Let's give a nice hand to Granny Amara, Maria Bamford, our contestants tonight, as Helen tabulates the final score. Helen, are you ready to announce the final score in tonight's episode of Go Fact Yourself? I am. At the end of the game, Maria Bamford has eight points, and Grant Imahara has 11 points. Congratulations, Grant Imahara. You are the faction champion on Go Fact Yourself. Well played, well played. Grant, I believe you are our first contestant to get all of the true or false round answers correct. Congratulations on that as well. I don't know where it came from. (laughs) Thank you. so much about apples. Grant, what will you do with your championship? I will just go out on the streets of Los Angeles and celebrate. Good enough. All right, we just want to give everyone a chance to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Maria Bamford, where can people find you? Well, I'm on Twitter at, at Maria Bamfu, B-A-M-F-O-O, and I often tweet and say when I'm going to do free shows in Los Angeles for an hour in the middle of the day if you are unemployed or depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Bamford looking out for the community. 
Grant Imahara, what do you have going on? Where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Grant Imahara, Instagram at Grant Imahara, Facebook at Grant Imahara Official. He is, in fact, Grant Imahara. You people have been so lucky because your co-host is the lovely Miss Helen Hong. What do you have going on, my friend? You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Funny Helen Hong. That's at Funny Helen Hong, because you know that other Helen Hong. Not funny. (laughs) Not funny, not worth our follow, but you know who is? Ms. Helen Hong. And me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith and on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Grant Imahara, Maria Bamford, Dr. Christine Dresser, Gabriel Kerner, and Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like KJ Gabe did. He said, great podcast, perfect length, and you learn stuff. The chemistry between Helen and Jay Keith is great. Thanks, KJ Gabe. Helen, how about some of that great chemistry? Okay, here it comes. Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. Stephen Colon is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Danielle Koenig, Dave Bianchi, Mike Avellanos, Emma Baumhauer, Daniela Zeltzer, and Christine Velada. I'm Helen Hong! MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.